0: ladies and gentlemen to MBR, or as we like to call it around here, Nothing But Rants, the show where I find topics that I'm oddly passionate about and I pontificate upon them. These are not hot takes, but rather takes that I'm hot about. You have to identify your best players before you identify your best plays. It sounds simple enough, but that's ultimately the goal of spring practice. That's what spring practice is all about. It is not about harvesting your best plays for your playbook. It is about identifying the best talents on your roster. This is a new strategy, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, for the University of Georgia this spring. If you recall, in 2020, there was no spring practice. Shouts out COVID. In 2021, Todd Munkin's really first true spring as the University of Georgia offensive coordinator, trying to develop a little bit more continuity. Spring of 2022, returning starting quarterback, returning defending national title, winning football team, a lot of keynote pieces, third year of an offensive coordinator, really adding on and building to an automatic or or, or an already built-in playbook and a built-in culture and a built-in mindset around a offense. This year, totally different, right? Going into this spring, it's about identification of talents. Hey, what do we got in the cupboard, right? Got a new offensive coordinator, got a brand new quarterback that we're going to be debuting this fall that we don't really know who's going to be. So we don't have a lot of solidified answers. Let's go find them, right? This spring for the University of Georgia, again, was not about identifying the best plays in the playbook. It was about identifying the best football players on the roster, and I think they did a pretty good job of identifying that as we lead up to G-Day. So, what have we learned about this football team this spring, and what will we learn about them this Saturday? That's what we're here to talk about tonight on NBR. Welcome in. Glad to have you in for tonight's show. Uh, however, wherever you found us, so, show some support for the show, right? Hit that thumbs up button. Hit that subscribe button. We are available on podcasts. However, wherever you find podcasts, just search film God network, all that good stuff. Uh, Man, we got some great stuff to plug before we get into tonight's show, Um, but let's do it. Let's tell you what we got going on. Spring done sprung. We're going to predict some of the football players that we think might have a breakout performance on Saturday, and I want to take a look at Georgia's latest commit. Uh, Our guy, uh, Mr. Tuggle, is a dude, so we're going to be taking a look at him later, and Nitro Tuggle, I mean, the name Nitro Tuggle. I don't know if it gets any better when it comes to a football player, particularly a wide receiver. Might talk a little bit about that later. Um, And I also think we should walk you through, as I mentioned, what to expect from a spring game scrimmage. Okay, Particularly this year with this football team um, and what you should be looking for Saturday and maybe what you shouldn't do Saturday evening following the scrimmage. But first, I want to talk a little bit about what we've learned this spring about this Georgia football team. Okay, starting with the defensive back uh, room. Okay, I think they have a plethora of defensive backs in that, that defensive back room that are going to play Saturday. Okay, or not Saturday. Well, Saturday, yes. But this season, I think they are going to be extremely, extremely deep. I think they are going to be. Um, they are going to package it differently week to week. I think they are going to be a different version of themselves every time a different opponent walks onto the field. Okay, I think that is something that Georgia has wanted to be under Kirby Smart. I think they have I, I like, identified themselves as a football team that prioritizes the defensive back position, not only because the head coach was the defensive back, but because college football throws the football a whole hell of a lot more than they used to. So if you're going to prioritize anything defensively, let's get after the quarterback and let's make sure everyone's guarded up really, really closely. That's kind of how the roster has been, let's say – uh, situated over the last couple of years under kirby smart guys if you can't notice i got a new mechanical arm here and boy i'm gonna tell you what i was fidgety with the old one all right i was i was always messing with the mic i ain't got no i ain't got a shot in hell of not touching this thing nowadays um anyways i think the more and more i study it the more and more i think about it i think this year they're going to be as deep and as versatile at that defensive back room um, than they've ever been. I, I look back at rosters like the 2018 2019 roster. I mean, it was that 2019 roster before COVID, Monty Rice's senior year, that defensive backfield room with guys like uh, I, I've already rattled them off before, but Eric Stokes, Tyson Campbell, DJ Daniel, um, guys like uh, Mark Webb, okay, Tyreek Stevenson, Devon Wilson was on that roster earlier in the year as well. And then you get into the safety room with Richard LeCount and guys like J.R. Reed. Those are eight, maybe nine, like, NFL football players that were playing five positions, six if they go dime. So, like, that to me, I know for a fact this year with guys like uh, Malachi Starks and Javon Bullard, um, how about that, I said it right, uh, and Kamari Lasser, right? Those three really known commodities, we'll add Tykee Smith in there as a fourth of, like, known dudes that are going to play really, really well. But guys that you might not know about that you're going to learn a lot about Saturday, guys like Nylon Green, and um I always forget Denylin, uh not denylin, Dalen Everett. It's spelt like a Lin at the end. So it always gets me. Dalen Everett, guys like uh Nylon Green, I already mentioned guys like David Daniel, gonna get a lot of run Saturday as well. So that defensive back room, and I know I'm forgetting some names here because I didn't write them all down before the show, but nonetheless, that defensive back room, I know before they even tee it up Saturday, before we're even in stadium for G-Day, I know for a fact they're going to be great at the defensive backfield room. So that should be a known commodity. Also, you know, a a second one, right? A second known commodity that I know now sitting in this spring or at this point in this spring, Georgia should have won this award the last couple of years. But this year, they should damn sure come really, really close and should be the favorite to win it. And that's the Joe Moore Award. Okay, they had, still have a question. It's not really a question of talent. It's a question of who's it going to be. Um, there is still a question at the tackle position, the left tackle position in particular, of whether or not it's going to be Ernest Green or Austin Blasky, both of which I think are exceptionally talented and really good football players. But the other four, right, Xavier Truss, Cedric Van Pran, Tate Ratledge, and Amarius Mims, those guys are going to play on Sundays. A couple of them for a really, really long time. Um, and those guys are working in their second full season as a cohesive unit. I have tried to preach and, and be adamant about the importance of of continuity on that offensive line on this channel in, in episodes past and years past at this point doing this. I think you guys are going to be able to see that on display this year. I think you're going to see those four guys in particular and even the fifth. Again, whether it be Ernest or Austin Blasky by the season, they're going to be really, really, uh, you know, humming together as a unit. Those four guys in particular, they're going to be really, really special this year. I know that. We know that. Based off everything we've heard, everything we've seen, and just what we've seen on tape in years past and and what they should be going into this year. Um, And the other thing, I think we've known three things, and I think we can go off into more, but the three things we know, those two, right, the the defensive back room, super deep, okay, Uh, the offensive line room, super deep and talented, and then the tight end room. We know Especially now with the insight that's come out about Lost and Lucky and, and his spring that he's had. And even with Pierce uh, Pierce Sperlin hurt this spring, those those guys that they have in that defensive or that tight end room, right? Brock Bowers, best tight end in college football. Georgia fans will tell you he's the greatest tight end ever already. And he's still got a year of college football left. Okay. Oscar Dell, who went on the players' lounge with Aaron Murray yesterday and said he was six foot five, two hundred and forty-five pounds, and was under twelve percent body fat. That's stupid. That's dumb. When that kid was 225 pounds and had higher body fat in high school, he was a 4.52 runner. I have no idea what that human is capable of right now. That is a freakish dude. And then you hear about lost and lucky this spring, and we're going to talk about him a little bit more later. But, guys, those are three really, really solid portions of your roster, and they're only going to get better in between now and five months from when you're actually teeing up for a real football game. So there you go right? That's, that's absolute good news. Those three known commodities. Um, as for what you should expect from Saturday, what do you expect from a spring game? Um, I got a couple of bullet points here that you should be paying attention to, or you should be aware of as this event gets going. Okay. First and foremost, you're going to see a lot of passing on Saturday, a lot. I mean, like. Think about however many passes you think are going to be thrown. Add 15. Okay, there's a variety of reasons. First of all, Kirby Smart loves a, a physical brand of football, but he damn sure don't love it during an inner squad That's not what's happening, all right? Like, Kirby Smart has made it known. I don't want my guys hitting my guys in an uncontrolled environment. Now, when we are at practice and I can, you know, control the environment and I can make sure things are done right and I can – Make sure guys know that, hey, we're protecting one another. Like, just effort is on the line right now, not your position. Um, We can control the environment. We cannot control the environment on Saturday. There's going to be guys flying around. There's going to be bodies hitting and clanging and all that good stuff, right? So I can promise you the number one way to avoid that, throw the football, okay? There is a whole hell of a lot more contact on B gap power than there is on RPO Slants. You understand me? Like when we're out here playing in space with 200 pounds guy, tackle 200 pounds guy, that's all great. When we take 230-pound running back that they got up there, because all of them are thick as shit this spring, except for Dejon Edwards. Okay, so when we take that 225, 230-pound running back and we run him up into B gap or we run him off tackle in C gap. And okay, here comes Smile Mana. That's gonna be physical. That's gonna be loud, that's gonna be felt. Okay, dot is our G day. I used to work construction. If that didn't tell you anything, G day is not the time to install B gap power. Okay, G day is not the time for Mike Bobo to see if he's still got the I formation sets in the playbook. Okay, dot is up or G day. G day is not uh, the time to be experimenting. That is not what it is. It is not the time to figure out what is going on with your running game. G day is about protecting and promoting, uh, you know, competition. OK, and doing that in the most safest way and the most safest way to do that is to throw the football. So expect a lot of passing on Saturday and expect no clear signs of, or of any clarity whatsoever at the quarterback position. OK, they I've, I've been very adamant about this on this network. We have been very serious about the fact that this spring you will hear nothing, but there is a quarterback battle because there is a quarterback battle, all right? And they are going to carry this quarterback battle into the fall, all right? You know why? Because the portal dates open up in like four days, okay? I'm not quick enough. I think it's 96, 96 hours the portal opens, all right? I'm not, I I was about to say, I'm not good enough to do that math, but I think I just did it. 96 hours the portal opens, boys and girls, okay? So you know what you don't want either quarterback or any quarterback in that room thinking I ain't got a shot in hell come September. So don't let them think it. So that means Carson Beck or whoever runs out with the first unit and then them sun guns change jerseys and they flop teams, right? You give Carson Beck reps with the ones, just like you give Brock Vandergriff reps with the ones. That way, no competing camp this spring can leave saying, well, son, They didn't even, because that's normally who it is, is parents, uncles, aunts, whatever, whoever's in the ear of the kid, nine times out of ten, the kid's the last one to say, I want to quit and leave. It's always the parent first in my experience of this. So, let's just talk hypothetically. Son, they gave so-and-so, they let him run out with all the ones. They made you take reps behind the second offensive line unit. Son, they gave him all his reps against the ones units. You took yours against the twos. They made it harder on him. They gave him the actual competition. They didn't give it to you. Son, you took 65 reps. That guy took 72 this week. Son, you did like you see what I'm saying? Like, there cannot be any of that this this spring. There could not have been any of that this spring. There hasn't been any of that this spring. Every person I talked to in that building has said, I don't, I don't know. I don't know who the quarterback is. Now, that's when they're in the building. When they walk out, they might give you their truer thoughts, right? Particularly, the, 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 again, that roster, that coaching roster, that coaching staff has been cycled out. There are more movements in that building and around that building than you think of. And the people in the building are like, "Woohoo!" both of them, great. People outside the building like, I don't know, I kind of, I kind of favored this guy to win that job, right? And if you wonder who that is, patreon.com forward slash Brooks What a plug from the boy. Uh, yeah, so a lot of plastic, a lot of passing Saturday, no clear uh, continuation of the, the, the lack of clarity around the quarterback position. Expect it, be ready for it, um, all that good stuff. Also, be extremely ready for some irrationality to pop up on Saturday. All right, please be ready for people to make snap judgments on Saturday. And if you are watching me and if you care to be an educated fan, and if you care to be someone who listens and wants to be rational about their discussions with their friends, don't don't make any snap judgments on Saturdays. When especially when it comes to the quarterback position, do not do not be irrational and pop up and just be out here making like staunched decisions about what's going on based off what you see in some glorified scrimmage. Okay, because that's what it is. It is scripted. It is designed for success um, for the offense in particular. Okay, they are not going to allow defenses that guys to just tee off. But then again, the whole playbook's not installed. So just understand, Saturday evening, the tendency is going to, for Georgia fans in particular. Your tendency is going to want to be to make a decision about this quarterback battle. Do not, do not, because your coaches have not. All right. So one way or the other, one guy plays great. Gunner plays great. Carson plays great. Brock plays great. whoever. There's going to hopefully all three of them play great. And this is a mute point. But, moot point, nonetheless, no snap judgments on Saturday. Again, because your coaching staff's not making them, so you shouldn't either. Um, Also, last thing I want you to know and to expect about Saturday, it will be vanilla. Okay? It will be very, very vanilla on Saturday. Again, do not make snap judgments on the quarterback competition or the offense. Okay? Do not come out here and be like, oh, Bobo's back at it again just because you have some kind of preconceived notion about who Mike Bobo was when he was a Georgia quarterback or coordinator. By the way, I went back and watched some Stafford stuff last night. Not great, but I think I could say offensive-wise, not great. But I think I could say that about a lot of 2007, 2008, 2009 college football offensively. Offensive revolutions in college football, in my opinion, didn't really start happening until like 2012, okay, when RPOs really started getting implemented. That's why, if you watch that 2007 Matt Stafford stuff, okay, that we put out on Twitter yesterday, and then go watch some Aaron Murray stuff, you're like, damn, Murray's offense is actually like modern. Like their passing concepts are really elite. Their run mesh concepts are really, they're, 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 uh, manipulating linebackers on the second level with just basic handoffs and and, and alignment stuff. Same coordinator, just football had evolved a little bit, right? So those are the very important things to know about Saturday. Um, at most, programs, you keep things vanilla because you don't want to overload your players with information, right? You have a lot of new players coming in and out. You got uh, new signees, guys that might have just gotten on campus. You got guys that are transferring in, yada, 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 at most programs, okay? Nine times out of 10, the spring at most programs, 35% of that roster is brand new to that program. So what are you doing? Your offensive install, your defensive install, your cultural install. That's what you're doing that spring. At Georgia, that is not it. At Georgia, okay, um, you're vanilla because you don't want to show everyone in the world what the mastermind's up to. That's, I mean, that's that's just like Alabama. That's just like Ohio State. That's just like USC. When you are one of these programs that people look up to, not only look up to, but look to steal from, you don't do shit on Saturday. You don't do nothing that y'all did not install Monday practice one. That's it. And I don't care if the defense knows it. I don't care if y'all come out and y'all look like y'all cannot score. That's fine. Don't show nobody nothing. Nothing. Because come fall, Georgia's going to have an advantage in the sense that they got something new. Now, it might be the same system. It might be the same. But there's going to be tweaks. And if you show any of those tweaks this week, they they no longer become tweaks. They become who you are. Because the first thing that uh, one of your actual real opponents on your schedule, not the first four games, first four games are what they are. um, The first real opponent on your football schedule is going to study your G-Day game. They're going to look at what you did and hopefully they can't find shit about who you are from that. You might find out who you are at your core. They're not going to find out the finished product. There's no way because you're not going to give it to them, right? So expect things to be vanilla Saturday and don't be hasty about your responses towards such vanilliness, all right? Um, I want to give a quick shout-out to uh, the Players' Lounge and Creatures' Comforts. We are going to do a live show, live from Creatures' Comforts. don't know when we're going to start that, but the event opens at 11. So if you're going to be in town Saturday, all right, Saturday, G-Day, uh, April 15th, if you're going to be in town, your butt better be at Creatures' Comforts, 11 o'clock, when them doors open, okay? Because not only are tickets free, but with your ticket, with your entry, you get a free beer. So let me just explain something to you, goofballs listening, all right? You get a free ticket, free entry. You get a free beer, all right? And you get free entertainment from yours truly. Now, I don't want to make any promises. I'm not overselling and underdelivering. But I've been told I'm going to have access to multiple, multiple of your former favorite Bulldogs. And we going to put their butts on the board. And we're going to get to watch. We're going to get to talk. We're going to get to hang out, all right? We're going to do some live Q&A as well. It's going to be a very, very good time, and it's free. So come on out, okay? The link is in the description of the YouTube video. I'll put it in there after the show tonight. So if you're watching us live, just hit that refresh button. When when things close, I'll make sure it's the first thing I add into the comments, okay? Um, Murray won't be there, but that's okay. Keith Marshall will be there. Um, I I don't, again, I don't want to... Chris, I've been promised Chris Smith. All right, I'm going to tell you that right now. I have been promised that Chris Smith and I will be able to watch some football. If you want to do that, watch two football minds, one of which played it and was like the Nagurski Award should have been winner. You want to watch us stand up by that fancy board, circle some fancy football players and get after it, grind some tape. We'll see you at Creature Comfort Saturday. All right, so see you there. If you can't make it, I'm sorry. We'll probably have some type of uh, game day events this fall. Um, depending on how things go this spring. I've been told there's already a couple hundred people signed up. So if you want to have a good time, we'll see you out there. All right? Shouts out to the Players Lounge. And also, shouts out to Patreon. If you're not, patreon.com forward slash Brooks Austin. You should subscribe. I don't know why you wouldn't be. I I would have a hard time telling my friends, yeah, man, I'm a dog fan, and not subscribing to Brooks Austin's Patreon. that That would be hard for me to believe. It would be really, really hard for me to believe. I would have to question your uh dedication to the grind that is the dog fandom. Just kidding. You don't have to be subscribed, but you should be. Uh let's get it. Let's talk a little bit about a segment. I call it Spring Dun Sprung. Our producer Kirby put in here, um, what was it? Jack in a box. I'm not a Jack in the Box guy. I mean, I, I know the the whole idea, what he was doing. He's like, guys are gonna pop out and like. It's A literal jack in the box. Hey, spring done sprung, right? Spring practice is here, and some folks done sprung up on the board. That, that's what we got. Spring done sprung. Let's talk about some of these guys that we expect to pop on Saturday. Uh, first of all, Roger Robinson. Why? Why Roger Robinson? Um, actually, I want I want to go back before we get into the, these. I want y'all to know that you should show up Saturday and you should be very, very supportive and you should be excited when big plays happen. I'm not here to cur- or curtail anybody's emotions when it comes to your fandom. But every G-Day, there is a football player, most likely young, that pops. And just, I mean, he, spr- he sprung, he sprung out. He's just here, right? In-, in-, in 2020, we didn't really have a spring, like I told you, Kobe. In 2021, A.D. Mitchell, true freshman, just has a damn game, right? And then in 2022, um, it's Avery Gilbert. Avery Gilbert, I believe, had two receptions and a touchdown in last year's spring game. That matched his season totals. All right, y'all know the story of A.D. Mitchell. Great moments, awesome moments, gone. All right, so the names we're about to say, whatever happens Saturday, if they pop off, that's great. Brooks predicted it, that's awesome. Whoever has a great day on Saturday, it obviously at the University of Georgia does not mean a hill of beans. This does not mean you are guaranteed Georgia lore, all right? This just means you had a great spring game, and there are probably reasons as to why. Like A.D. Mitchell in 2021, the reason he had a great spring game was because they didn't have any wide receivers. They had nobody. It was all him. He was getting all the reps at X. Okay, if you remember, that was the spring George was hurt. So they had nobody. Jermaine Burton got hurt that spring, too. They had nobody at the receiver position. So a lot of it is by nature, by design. Avery Gilbert, same thing. Last spring, if you remember, Darnell had a foot injury. Brock Bowers was out with a shoulder injury. No tight ends. Avery Avery Gilbert goes on to have a great G-Day. That's awesome. We're predicting these guys to have good days here in a minute. But just understand, like this segment, it don't really mean a whole hill of the beans, right? I don't think that's the saying. I think it doesn't mean a hill of beans. Not whatever. Roger Robinson. Okay, a um, couple of reasons I just laid out, right? Uh, just like the the tight ends positions last year, real banged up, just like their wide receivers position a couple of years ago, real banged up, the running back room is just like pooped out. They are just exhausted. Um, I, I've been told that Dejon Edwards is back to practice and, and back to a full participant. I don't know if that means he'll be a full participant on Saturday, and even if he was fully healthy, I don't expect them to give him a bunch of run. I don't. I really don't. I think they kind of know – who DeJon Edwards is. He's been there three years, three and a half years. They know exactly who that football player is. No need to give him a ton of run on Saturday. Um, Kendall Milton, obviously out. Branson Robinson, already on everyone's radar with what he did last fall as a true freshman. So, that being said, I think you're going to notice Saturday something about Roger Robinson that the Georgia staff, I'm told, noticed very quickly when he got on campus. That dude's a whole lot juicier than a lot of people think. I, it was, it was the reason why he made our list as a, my guy, he was number five, like the bottom of the, my guys list. I was very nervous about putting him in, but it was a, it was a, you have to based off senior tape. And that's what I noticed. It was like, everyone's talked about this dude from San Diego as this big bruising back. And he is big as shit. He is six foot one. He is 230 pounds. He is a thick grown man at 18 years old. He is very large individual. But that dude can go like he's got some juice. He's got some run away from you quickly type of athleticism that a lot of people didn't pick up in the eval. You had to really, really search deep to understand that. No, he's he's got some within a box twitch. And I think that's going to be something that like really stands out on Saturday. um, Despite the fact that I told you earlier, I don't think they get a bunch of touches. Okay, So I do think uh, uh, Roger Robinson, a a name that we're probably going to see have a good day on Saturday, and with a, a decent amount of opportunities um, based off the room, like we told you, uh, Jonel Aguero. Look, I I don't know if he's going to make play on Saturday, and when I say make a play, I mean a flash play, okay? But that's all the tape was. If you watch Jonel Aguero tape, and I know their highlights, but you know what I'm, if especially if you've been around here, you know the difference I'm talking about right now between. He made a great highlight play and he made a flash play. A flash play is a play in which we do not need you circled on huddle. We do not need you identified on the tape. It pops. It's right there. Boom. He flashed right across the screen. Pow. Explosions. Fireworks. Gazungas. Right? That's the type of stuff that Jonel Agüero does on the football field. I expect you to see him do that on Saturday, but I'm expecting him to pop. I'm expecting you to be su- surprised by him. If you're paying attention and paying attention closely like we do here, pay attention where Jonah El is lined up on Saturday and how many different spots he lines up in. I think he's going to play star. I think he's going to play safety. I think he's going to play left, right safety, play field safety, boundary safety. I think he's going to do a lot of things in his time at the University of Georgia, and it starts on Saturday, and I'm excited for you guys to see that. Um, again, that is the definition of a flash player. And if you've read Dogs Daily, this last name on our list of Spring Dunsprung, is lost and lucky he's had a tremendous spring he's been balling out um and he's been doing it all despite the fact that he's like kind of little um and when i say that he's six three and three quarters maybe six four 225 pounds by all imaginations that is a large human being right i mean for christ's sake brooks listen to what you just described six foot almost four uh 225 pounds That's a big dude. Okay, that is a big dude. But I'm also here to tell you that, like, let me share my screen right quick. Shouts out um, to uh, Tony Walsh and the folks at the University of Georgia Athletics Association. Guys, this is a football player that we've done nothing but rave about this spring. Sources have done nothing but rave about all spring. And, guys, look at him. I mean, this is a player that just got to college, and you can tell. This is not a huge individual. This is not a fully formed athlete. This is a guy that's only going to get a tremendous amount better over the next couple of years. He's going to get bigger. He's going to get taller. He's going to get faster. He's going to get stronger. Everything about that eval, everything about the intel we are getting right now, only going to get better. That's terrifying. That's absolutely terrifying. And I expect you to see him have an absolute game uh, Saturday. Okay, And kind of be used as he's been used this spring i think they have uh asked and and not necessarily asked but more so demanded that uh that oscar delt like pick up where darnell left off and where before him john fitzpatrick left off and where before him uh charlie warner left off the university of georgia has had an absolute like dog at the end of line or in line, as some people say it. I call it end of line. Some people say in line because they're actually in the line of scrimmage. Um, I call it end of line because tight ends line up end of the line of scrimmage. Um, just some football grammatical talk here for you. He is next in line to be the in line guy. And they need one bad. It's the way that they continue to evolve as a 12-person football team. It's the way they continue to attack teams through multiplicity. Okay, you listen to teams talk about wanting to be multiple all the time. George is one of the very few teams in actual college football that can do it, can legitimately be multiple, and it's because of their abilities to play a blocking tight end and a mismatch tight end. Brock Bowers, not a blocking tight end. Don't want, you don't want him to be. You always want him to be the mismatch tight end. They have needed Oscar Dope to step up this spring, and he 100% has, so shouts out to him. Uh, got some position battles that I want to watch really, really closely as well on Saturday. Corner, duh, obvious. We, again, know Kamari Laster. How many different guys are they rotating? Where are they at? How is the rotation started? Where do we get any sign or semblance of where they rank? Because, I mean, right now it's sounded like a Nylon Green, Daylon Everett, uh, um, A.J. Harris, uh, Julian Humphrey, okay, Smoke Bowie, all of them. It sounds like all of them are competing and playing really well, at that corner spot opposite of kamari but we know there can only be one and at most there can only be two but in reality there's really only one that's going to play that corner spot opposite of kamari lasser so saturday goes a long way into figuring that out we've already told you gonna throw it a bunch on saturday corners be ready heads on a swivel big week for you guys this week not only in practice but obviously g-day i'm duh you're watching tackle you're watching offensive tackle i was watching Ernest last spring i thought Ernest green I thought Ernest Green earned the right to be the quote-unquote penciled-in starter with the ones unit this time last year. The very first impression that Georgia had of this guy was that he is going to be one of our next ones at the tackle position. Well, then you go into the fall and into the summer, or the end of the summer and into the fall, and he develops a back issue and doesn't really get to practice all fall last fall. Well, he's been competing head-to-head with Austin Blasky this spring, and we're going to see what it looks like on Saturday. Um, I expect Ernest to play the best version of himself he has all camp because one thing I know about football players like Ernest as opposed to football players like Austin, who we're going to talk about in a second, football players like Ernest are lights on guys. When the lights come on, I'm the best version of myself. Austin Blaschke is not afforded that opportunity. Austin Blaschke has been a guy that his entire life football-wise in college has been, I have to be the best version of myself every single day. Every single day. So you're not going to get anything different than what you saw all week, or all, all, all month, rather, Stacy Searles from Austin Blasky. Apparently it's Blasky, not Blasky. For some reason, my brain throws an H in there. Austin Blasky ain't going to change nothing. You ain't going to get nothing different than from what you got from him all spring. Um, Ernest, you might get a gamer's mentality out of him, and what does that look like? I'll tell you right now, at right tackle last spring with the twos, he looked like a starter. That's what he looked like to me. He looked like an SEC-caliber tackle going against Michael Williams, who is an SEC-caliber defensive end. So we'll see. We will get a very clear look and clear picture of that offensive tackle this uh, Saturday. The other thing I'm very interested to see, and I, and I don't really know yet what they're going to do, Micah Morris is 1,000% one of the best five offensive linemen that Georgia has, okay? That does not mean he is going to start this fall, and in fact, without an injury, it doesn't look like he will start this fall, okay? But how in the hell did they get that big old dude onto the field? They got to. They, with the ones unit, by the way, like, they have got to get that guy on the field this fall on Saturdays. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, because he's that good, so... Are you? Is he able to play left and right guard? Are you going to rep him at both on Saturday? Do you try to maybe move him out to tackle just to experiment with it? Because I am a firm believer that, yes, there are certain positions and certain body types that can only play certain positions and certain skill sets required at certain positions. But when it comes to that offensive line, I find it hard not to play the best five. And sometimes that means having a hard discussion about maybe we move Xavier Truss out to tackle because we trust him on this field and we think Micah Morris at guard and Xavier Truss at tackle is better for us than one of these other two guys. It's too late in the spring for that to be implemented, but 56 got to get on the field this fall. Everything we've heard is that that dude is a Sunday football player and you don't have – I mean, you maybe got seven or eight guys that are going to play on Sunday in that offensive line room. Which is why I told you they should win this Joe Moore Award this year. But man, man, oh man, oh man, how do they use Michael Morris and on the defensive side of the football? I have the same questions about Xavier Sori. I've had the same questions about Xavier Sori since he was coming out of high school. I don't know if I have any of me written in text or me videoing anything about Xavier Sori, but I vividly remember my thought process about that individual coming out. Where do we play him, coach? Coach, in high school, he's 6'3, 235 pounds. They got him playing off ball linebacker. Okay. He's standing in space, basically playing nickel corner for IMG. But in reality, they're just rushing him off the edge. And he's really not having to develop a rush path or rush pattern or rush uh, idea. Okay. A rush plan. He's not having to develop any of those things because he's just rushing from the edge and he's just sprinting to the quarterback. What do we do with this individual who has never, ever, ever had to stand in the box, put his hands on his knees, and read guard play and fill holes, a.k.a. play inside linebacker? What do we do with this individual? I'll tell you what you do. You take him, you figure him out. That was the process in high school. This guy is so elite. This guy is such a one-percenter athletically. We have got to take him, coach, and we've got to figure out what we're going to do with him because we don't know what he is now, but let's figure it out. Three years later, the evaluation is the same. Listen to the way Kirby Smart talks about him. We're trying to find ways to play him with the ones unit. He has great plays. Then he has, I don't know, plays, right? There's inconsistency, up and downs with his play. The eval has not changed in three years, and we didn't get to see him all fall last year. 18 did not play. Meaningful snaps. We do not have film of Xavier and Sori, the film guy. Has never watched it. We don't have it. The best evaluation tool I have of Xavier Sory is junior high school football tape of him in North Florida where he didn't even finish his high school career. This is a five star folks. This is a top 32 football player in all of America. And we don't know. We don't know. I'm watching it so, so damn closely Saturday. I might just hire someone to do everything that I need to do just so I can watch 18 on Saturday. I might hire one of you guys that's in the stadium to just follow them around with an ISO camera on your phone. Anybody got one of them Samsungs that's got like a 35 plus zoom and it looks clear as, you know, day? Anybody got one of those? I could use it because I need a solo camera 18. I need to figure out what the hell they're trying to do with him and what he's doing because I don't know, and I'll be honest with you. I'll keep it a buck, because I always do. I don't think they know. I don't think they've ever known. I think Jalen Walker was a very similar evaluation, but they found out really quick that, oh, no, 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 no. This guy can stand up and be a true wide nine. Jalen Walker can't. Jalen Walker played basically Sam for them last year. When they needed two outside linebackers on the field, Jalen played. When Nolan Smith went out and they played two tight end football teams, Jalen played sam so like it's, it's it's really hard to identify where to play these football players that don't really have a position they're just a smorgasbord of everything they like do everything really good i think troy Bowles is another example of this i don't know what they're going to do with troy bowls we're going to see i had people in high school or in that area in the high school area of florida tell me they think he should be a safety I'm like, he's 225 pounds. He's 230 pounds. He's at 18. Like, he's only gonna get bigger. He can't play safety. Well, uh, well, he he started as an edge rusher. Coach, he's only 6'2. What do we do with that? Y'all, y'all know y'all only recruit six five edge rushers now. So what are we doing with that? Right? Like a lot of those that happen, but you have to take it. I, I think there's a, a a a five-star in the 2024 class at the linebacker position that epitomizes this. Coach, he's one of the most explosive human beings we've ever found. Can he go backwards? Can he turn and run? Can he turn sideways and run? Can Can he be a well-rounded athlete, or can he just do this? Because if he can just do this, we might need to teach him how to rush the passer. Okay, What are you doing with Xavier and Sori on Saturday? That'll tell me what you're going to do with a lot of these moving forward. Because guess what, guys? Six-foot-three, 230-pound freak athletes, they are like, like apples falling from a tree in springtime. Is that when you harvest apples? Whenever. Just (sniffs) falling from the sky. These avatar-looking jokers that can just do all kinds of stuff athletically except play one position. What do you do with that? How do you teach them to refine their skills? That's the question we're going to find out Saturday with Xavier Sori. And obviously, we've talked a little bit about it tonight already. But what are you doing at STAR and what are you doing at Safety Saturday? How are you rotating guys? Who's playing with who? Is Javon Bullard only playing safety? Is he only playing star? I think he's going to be playing both. Where's Tyke Smith in the rotation? Where's David Daniel in the rotation? Because I know one fact. Javon Bullard and Malachi Starks will be on the field at all times this fall. What I don't know is where they're going to be playing and who's going to be playing with them. That's the question we're going to try, try to find out Saturday. Um, my boy Chuck knocks out a great point right here. We got a bunch of people watching right now. If you're not already hitting that thumbs up button, if you haven't already supported the channel somehow, some way, please feel free to do so. That would be awesome. We'd appreciate you that greatly. And with that being said, the show is not over. In fact, if you're here to learn football and watch some football with your boy and grind some tape, the show has only begun. All right? Because I found a dude today. Now, I didn't find him. The University of Georgia found him. And I'm going to tell you right now, um, our boy Tuggle, our boy Nitro, I wrote in an article today, I don't know what the industry is missing. I don't know what's happening. I don't understand how this football player that I'm about to show you, okay, and that the two-time national defending champions just greenlit to commit to them. I do not, for the life of me, understand how this football player is ranked a three-star. It makes zero sense. I mean, less than zero. Negative sense, this right here. Even with the name Nitro Tuggle. Think about that. Nitro Tuggle? Are you shitting me? That's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I pick up the phone. Shouts out Levitar. I pick up the phone and I say, yo, coach, I got a receiver out here. Nitro Tuggle. I ain't even got to tell you nothing more. Offer him. Get him on. He say, yeah, green light him now. Nitro Tuggle? Come on. I mean, that's up there with like Golden Tate. That's up there with Darius Passmore, the Marshall legend. That's right. There was a receiver that played for the Marshall Thundering Herd. All right, that's name was Darius Passmore. Think about that. That's first ballot. All right, another one for you, Pierre Garçon. I I don't even know why, but the the, the idea of Pierre Garçon being an elite wide receiver. Maybe it's because it makes me think of gar- or croissants, or maybe it's because it's also on the top ten list of burger names, Pierre. Cars gone. um, All of those things, love them. Great names. Nitro Tuggle, right up there with all of the great names. Let's watch some tape. Again, I don't know what happened. I don't know how this ends up being a three-star. Guys, this human being, okay, this dude down here on the bottom, he is six foot three, 200 pounds, all right? And he's doing this. At one point in this clip, he jukes a dude off one foot right there. He jumps off one foot and dead legs a human being. This stuff is stupid. At six, again, six foot three, 200 pounds. You are not supposed to move like this. I was telling a buddy of mine, hey, if you want to know whether or not a receiver is like a verified dude, if they are this big and their offense is designed to do stuff like this, where they just throw Buddy the ball in the flat, if the whole offense is designed for this dude to make plays with the ball in his hand, at his size, get that guy on campus because I don't care what he does. If he can do this, if he has the short area a quickness to do this and the elite run after the catch ability to do this, I guarantee you he's testing out of this world, out of this world. He is a four four seven runner on his Twitter profile. I don't know how much of that is truly, like, verifiable data, but I see it on tape. He's a smooth, electric runner, okay, and he high points too, guys. So – in just a matter of three or four clips, we've shown you this dude taking it 70 off of a, a screen pass. We've shown you him dunking on a kid, all right? And we've shown you here in a second of uh, his ability to control his body in the air. I It's just great ball control there. I think there are some things to clean up, and we'll talk about them here in a second. But, dude, you, you stealing balls, as our boy Turner in the Discord said today, you stealing balls from your, from your teammates off kickoff, you got that dog in you. When you want to come out here and make plays like this on Friday night, you got that dog in you. There is a willingness to score for this individual that I think should be notified. Like, you should pay attention when stuff like this goes on film, where not only is he defying angles that he shouldn't, okay, like this right here. All of these guys, every single, him for damn sure, all of these dudes should be able to beat him to the point right here especially this guy right here. He's got all the angle in the world. He's got all the built-up speed and momentum. He should be able to catch that guy. When you see him running away from Timmy and Tyler right here from Indiana, it's fine. It's fine that he's cutting backfield, reverse field. The dude is going to translate if he's doing it like that. All right? If he's not just running in a straight line, running away from people. If he's toying with folks, that stuff's going to translate. The speed's going to translate. But this is when I threw my phone down and said, what the shit are you doing, recruiting world? What are we doing? What are we doing? When we got a 6 foot 3 human being doing this stuff after we saw all the yards after the catch stuff, okay? Look at the spatial awareness to get that toe down right there. Okay, the body control and the spatial awareness at this size to do some of the stuff that I'm about to show you right here in these next clips is not 3 star worthy. Tracking that ball and getting that toe down right there, that is not a 3 star. That is the stuff that makes Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase That is the stuff that makes Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. That is the stuff that makes DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins. That is it. These next couple of clips that I'm going to show you, not this one. This is area of improvement. We'll talk about this here in a second. But this next one, okay, this right here, this is all those guys. This is NFL Sunday stuff right here. The ability to be this big, okay, to go get that football completely out of his body frame OK, and boom, to tap the toe down really, really quickly right there to, to know, to just understand where you are on the football field. That's the George Pickens stuff. That's what makes George great. OK, now, this is the stuff that I want to improve upon if I'm uh, Mr. Nitro. OK, I think he has a tendency to let the ball get in on his body. He's been down at IMG for a couple of weeks now or been being recruited and, and evaluated by IMG for a couple of weeks now, I've been told. And they've noticed it, too. Like, there is a propensity to allow the ball to get in on his body, which is something that he's going to have to clean up. But here's the deal. When the ball is thrown outside of his framework, the natural hands arrive, which tells me it's a lack of repetitions. This is something that he's got to do over and over again because, again, there are plays like this. He's body catching that. We cannot allow the football to get in on our chest when we get to college football. But I see it on tape, guys. I I see him body catching right there. And then in a couple of clips, we're going to see him attacking the ball in the air, right? Like that right there, it's on tape. He shows the ability to do it. There are just some lackadaisical moments like this right here. This is a sign of natural hands, okay? Ball thrown out way in front of you. You pluck it outside your framework and you pull it back in. I don't need to see the rest of the play, um, even though the rest of the play is exactly who this dude is. His yards after catch, guys, yards after catch, yards after catch. That is what college football has kind of morphed into, and that is what this dude is. This goes back to the spatial awareness. Watch this. He gears down immediately right here and just kind of like dead legs and just kind of sits. Okay, why? He's letting all three of these human beings converge, and then he's going to make a play afterwards. So I, am, I fall in love with the ability for guys to make plays on their own. I don't have to design 40-yard bombs for them to make plays. I also love when I turn defensive tape on, and here he is right here, and he's a football player. Like, that stuff matters. That stuff matters. When you have had for a while – not a while, but you've had a problem of kind of finding who the alphas are in that room, right? And, again, this is him over here playing DB. He is completely, like, spun around, pirouetted, snatched that ball down. It's all over the tape. The body control, the hands, the the ability to track the football – it's on tape, but so is the lackadaisicalness sometimes, right? Even on your highlight tape, if I'm talking to Nitro right now, even on your highlight tape, I can see balls hitting your chest plate. That should never happen. In college football the rest of your life, Nitro, hands, hands everywhere we go. Because if I got it in my hands, I can control it. I got I, It's mine. It's now mine. Okay, you are not taking it from me. Okay, but when it hits that chest plate, it's, it's vibrating. It's bouncing, right? It is not controlled. It is in our wickets. It is not in our bear paws. Okay, we got to get it in them bear paws, not in them wickets. Um, how about that? How about a little film study for you guys. How about a little, uh, you know, wide receiver coaching up for you guys? That right there is a football player. Okay, that is a talented football player. All right, you guys know I'm not, I'm not big into rankings, never have been. Probably won't be unless one of you guys comes and hires me that tends to watch my show. I don't like rankings. I think they are a direct response. I think, I think. excuse me, I think they get overblown. I think people take too much uh, account into them because here's what they are. Nitro Tuggle today, upon his commitment, was ranked 457th on the 24-7 composite. That is the amalgamation of everyone's thought process of Nitro Tuggle, 457. Georgia greenlit this kid today. He is a Georgia commit now. He will not have fresh tape. He will not go to new camps. He will not do anything this summer to change the football player that he is. But this commitment to the University of Georgia will probably make him a top 250 player. In my opinion, off this tape, that's a top 100 player. And it's really easy for me to say that with hindsight because now I know Georgia just committed this guy. But, guys, It's all right there. 6'3", 200 pounds, under a 4'5", in the 40, that tape. If you can show me 64 better receivers than that, damn. All right. The world, the the future of college football is great if there are that many good receivers out here in this world. I texted a a buddy of mine up in that building today that uh, always gives me great quotes. Particularly when I ask him questions and phrase them the way that I did today, I said, "Hey, bud, y'all, y'all, y'all out here landing them three-star receivers again. What you, what you got to say about that? What you got What you got to say about Georgia at dog five six seven in my Minchies talking about? Oh, there we go. Can't land the big five-star receivers. We got to go land these three stars. What did this guy do to be a Georgia commit? And the response I got was hysterical." Right. The response I got was, he's just a good football player, just to be damn good. That's what he did. So, if you guys haven't figured out ever since COVID kind of like restricted their access to have kids on campus, I don't think there's anything they value more than what you do on campus in camp for them as a recruit. You want to play at Georgia? Go do as Kobe White did. You want to play at Georgia? Go do what Malachi Tolliver did. Malachi Tolliver won that position room over. Malachi Tolliver went up camp and the offensive line coach and the offensive line coach and GA and the head coach was like, that's a Georgia guy. Get him on. Jacoby White went up there, seven on seven, balled out. That's a Georgia guy. Get him on. That's all you got to do nowadays. You go up to camp, you ball out, you will be a Georgia football player. Ja'Cory Thomas. I know he hasn't like resulted in, in, in on field playing time yet because he's still young and we don't talk about him a lot in the defensive back room because he's still young. Ja'Cory Thomas is a byproduct of this. He came up to camp. He dominated camp. Will Muschamp fell in love with him. He's a Georgia football player. Same thing probably happened here. This dude came to camp, balled out. He's a Georgia football player. Yazid Haynes came to camp, could not be guarded. He will not be guarded at some point at the University of Georgia. When he puts weight on, that dude's going to ball. Three star. They found him at camp. I don't know by you guys, but I would imagine the college programs whose life and livelihood is dependent upon the players that they select being successful, I would imagine those guys probably know a little bit of something about what they're doing when it comes to scouting purposes and a scouting background and evaluating talent. All right, so, again, not to be anti-ratings guy, but you watch. All right, today, April 11th. Okay, in the words of my buddy Josh Pate, in the year of our Lord, uh, whatever, okay? Um, This dude is not going to be the 457th best player in the country by the end of the ranking systems. So, there you go. Neither was Darius Smith. Neither was Ladd McConkie. Neither was Dylan Bell. When Dylan Bell committed to Georgia, he was a three-star. Neither was Darius Smith. I think Darius Smith, when he committed to Georgia, he was outside the top 500. He ended up inside the top 150. It ain't the Georgia bump. It's everybody catching up to Georgia. It's everybody catching up to Bama. It's not the Bama bump. It's everybody catching up to their scouting departments. Okay? So, again, Brooks, he's only ranked such and such. Don't bring me that. Don't bring me that. All right? Trust your two-time defending national championship head coach once in a while. Kirby signing them three stars. Can we talk a little bit before we leave about my Pierce Garcon- Cars Gone joke? I thought it was mediocre. I also think when I write jokes, they're shit. They're just absolutely bad. They don't get delivered well. Whereas, like, if I'm off the cuff and a little bit more ad libby with the jokes, sometimes I seem to be a little bit more funny. But whatever. Love you. See you Thursday. Uh, Q&A. Y'all better bring it. I'm serious. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out. We'll see you.